Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us at Nikki Dare Radio on Blog Talk Radio, heard worldwide by millions of listeners with your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. Our podcast hosted by Nikki Dare is your home for education to safety and survival, leadership and inspiration. Nikki Dare is the founder of iDare Inc., a registered 501c3 with its mission to educate and mobilize resources for preparedness and sustainability. iDare is a grassroots credo and personal mission based on its pillars of excellence, integrity, diversity, adaptation, resilience, and empowerment. Ms. Dare's personal mission is to help you encounter your purpose by unlocking your inherent potential and finding joy in the journey. Nikki Dare is the published author of The Audacity of Veracity, a columnist, women in the field of Western Outdoor News, California's publication of Fishing and Hunting. Ms. Dare is a certified firearms instructor in rifle, shotgun, and handgun, RSO, range safety officer, and CERT, Community Emergency Response Training Member, a FEMA certified training, women's advocate, transformational mentor, and a seasoned BPR change management consultant since her early 20s in transforming companies. And decades later, she is reinventing her purpose. Nikki Dare's life has been spent passionately in helping others going through transformation, both personal and professional. And now, here's your lovely host, Ms. Nikki Dare. So I want to interject a little bit about the photo. Uh, I think it is important. Um, taking the photo, it is an important small piece of tip. However, in the event of disaster, emergency, as we all know it, we panic, we forget things, we forget what number, we forget where, um, especially numbers, if there is any numbers involved in this, um, in this photo taking or uh, location kind of thing. Uh, I think it's smart that you take the photo because you say, oh my gosh, you know, what, what did my dad say? It was uh, bathroom, toilet number, whatever. And then you, can't, you can't go back to it. I think there is a saying also, a uh, 50% rule in the farms industry, what we call it, right? The 50% rule. Do you remember that, David? Um, you're only going to be 50%, 50% as your worst uh, uh, as your worst on the range. That's right. As your perfect perfect training, you will remember everything, but half of it you will remember when during the event of panic, most likely. No matter how you are, how how, how seasoned you are, but you you will you will get into that panic mode. Um, you just stay, remain calm. But yeah, I think she's. Um, you know, you did that out of your memory muscle, obviously, because you have been trained for so many, so many years, for decades, more than decades that you can remember. And then you just immediately, you tell that to your daughter, and your daughter said, okay, I'll, I'll take the photo. Um, so what else going on uh, during that concert? Okay, so during, that, during that concert, uh, we, didn't, we didn't get separated at all, but what I realized was my daughter's quite short, so she couldn't see to get up and look over the crowd of people. And this means also that if there was an, a, a bad situation that happened, she wouldn't know what's going on because she can't see what's going on around her because everyone else around her is taller. Mm-hmm. So 
if you if you have the the forethought and the and the ability to do it, seek higher ground, get a vantage point where you can look around and get an idea of what's going on. Very good and point. See, see your way out. Very good point. Seek higher ground is always the best thing to do in any kind of type of disaster emergency. Right. Now, um, when I was watching the Manchester videos, I noticed everybody. At first, when the screaming started and the running started, uh, the one video is we're looking over the shoulder of a woman or uh, someone with long hair wearing a tan sweater or jacket, and we see in the distance a crowd of people just running over the seats and running over each other and piling over each other. Uh, wow. If someone... <laughs> If, if that happens to be you that gets run over, you have to get into a, basically a tuck position and tuck your head, cover your head and your body, because mm -hmm. they will step on you, and, and it's going to hurt. So you, you get down in the tuck position, and you just tough it out. and Get underneath something if you can. Just get out of their way, because they don't, they don't have – their brain is not in gear. Right. They don't have any concern for your safety or well-being. No, no. It, it's a disaster no. mode. It's a panic mode. Totally. Totally. They, they, right. they can't. They're not going to go look after you. And this is what, what, what happens when you say safety begins with you. But panic also, that, that's more so. It applied to this. Um, what you mean right. by um, position and lock-in like that is uh, pretty much what we say you drop you cover yourself and hold on kind of thing, right? So you drop and cover right. yourself. Like you cover your head, basically, correct? Like in a, in a baby fetal. position kind of thing. Yeah, fetal, fetal position. Fetal position. Um, on, your, on your knees, hands over the back of your neck or head. Head, and right. tucked in tightly to protect your vital organs because they're going to step on you. They're going to throw stuff on you. That it might be stuff falling on you. You don't know. But you got to protect yourself. Because they're going to be wearing high heels, they're going to be wearing boots, they're going to be wearing all kind of uh, hard bottom, hard sole shoes, and you gotta you gotta keep yourself from getting damaged. And then once that's over, stand up, look around, see where the crowd's going, seek high ground if you need to, find your way out, look for security, look for medical aid or attention if you can. Um, Call who you need to call. Meet at your meeting point that you've either pre-established or that they know. Um, one of the things that me and my daughter have worked out is I know uh, at least six of her friends, close friends that she went to school with. I know where their houses are, so I can just tell her, just meet me at your at so and so's house. Get in a taxi and go. Or start walking. Can you can you start walking yeah. instead of getting in a taxi? Huh? Can you start walking? You know, just start walking, right? Yeah, you can start. You can start walking, it, and it can be just stay on the phone with me. Right. And keep just keep that person on the phone with you. Right. It comforts both of you to know that they're safe, and you can hear what's going on. Uh, so, like, I could hear what's going on with my daughter. My daughter could hear my my voice calling her if something happened, and I would I would just tell her, okay. You're out of this. Get out of the stadium. Are you out of the stadium? Okay, I'm out of the stadium. Okay, head into this. Head into the direction of uh, whatever large object that you can see in the distance. Uh, visual, like a building 
or landmark, some large landmark that, that she could see in the, in the distance. I would say, walk that direction. There's a 7-Eleven on the corner. Meet me there. Uh, wait for me there. Go inside and stay there and wait for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, but it, that way she's far enough away from danger that, that I don't have to worry about a secondary explosive device. Right. Especially if she's not hanging out with the crowd. Right. That's what they'll do. Right, because that's what they aim for. We we discussed this earlier about this show, that that that's right. the no. message, the message, and then the masses they want to shoot for, and then yeah, exactly. So, um, for the children, uh, when we talk at a community disaster preparedness you know event, stay where you are. Your parents will come to you. You don't look for them. The parents will come to you, not unless otherwise that you and your parents have made an agreement, some something else. Right. It depends on age. A lot of that depends on their age. Exactly. Their, their ability, mental processes, really. I think um, seven and below, definitely stay where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can tell them stay where you are um, because they're going to be very panicked anyway. That no matter what kind of training you give them, um, they'll they'll be fairly panicked. And um, uh, you know, once they hit once they hit uh, the level of maturity for girls, it's a little earlier than for guys. Um, they're able to follow directions better and and reason with things a little bit better. In yeah, a, I in think a so. Situation. Yeah, I think so because um yeah, and especially with the training that they've already gone through, you know, the simulation, the uh yeah, simulates yeah. the different scenarios and everything. I think that's very very key to the all of this learning and training is simulate it as many times as you can uh in the different in, scenarios. In the situation like the Manchester thing, let's say kids enjoying the concert, you know, mom and mom had said, "Oh, I'm going to go and get some snacks and I'm going to be just a few meters out the door, I'll be right back, and then everything went terribly wrong, she's not going to be able to get back to him, uh, to the kid, for for a, a while. Right. Maybe the, never, because the police, security, might not let anyone back inside. Right. So there comes a point where there, there has to be some training for the children that, okay, if I can't call my mom, if I can't if I don't see my mom coming back, I've waited a while, I need to go seek out security or police um, or someone that definitely works there. It seems like they're switched on, they know what they're doing. Um, and now uh, they need to have some decision-making processes on their own. Um, I was lost once as a child, and I can tell you I can make the best decision. Um, I was lost for almost two days. Uh, on a on a hiking and biking trail in Austin, wow. Texas. Wow. Oh, okay. And, and what what would you do? And I I went the wrong damn I went the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and got separated from the rest of my group. And instead of staying put or retracing my steps, I thought, well, maybe I can go this way. Maybe I can right. go that way. Maybe so you're, you're, you're out of directions, basically. So uh, did you, well, you had to break out all of your survival stuff then. Um, your backpack, I hope you have enough food and water and everything else, right? Well, I was a kid at that point. At, at that time, I was only, I was only like um, 12. Okay. And I didn't have anything except the bicycle we rented from the bicycle shop. So 
No food. No food, no water, no anything. But um, eventually I found a paved road and bicycled back and into, I was, it was around Zilker Park in Austin, Texas, and I wow. bicycled back to Zilker Park. Zilker Park. And then I found a bicycle shop where we rented the bikes from, but it was already closed. So then I called the police on myself. Now, I'm pretty sure yeah. your, your parents were devastated looking for you for yeah, this. They were, um, missing they were children. Both angry and relieved. But, yeah. yeah, no more hiking for you. <laughs> now, unless you're all fully, you know, fully padded with all emergency, <laughs> emergency items, backpack full of food and water and everything like that. But yeah, I'm glad that you're okay. But you learned something from there, right? After you learn yeah. something from there, then you kind of elevate your, um, your, your decision saying, okay, I'm going to learn more life saving skills. What if happened this way again? I will, I will not, you know, try to avoid to happen again in my life. So, unfortunately, we live in a world that after it happens, the fact, then we want to learn how to do it, you know, learn how to, how to uh, take care of ourselves. Now, my message is that learn it now before it happens. Yeah, through training, you have to. You have to. And then there is a memory muscle, as we say it, um, say it also in our farms community, that the more that we repeat this, repeat your, your training, repeat your um, learning, simulate, simulate scenarios, different thing, you know, and then it becomes more muscle memory. It becomes just like how you are with your daughter, you know. You immediately say, okay, meet me right here and take a photo of the location. So when things go terribly wrong, you know how to find me, just in case we get separated. So those are the things, a small little piece of small information um, or a tip that could be very beneficial and it could save your life and your loved ones. Right. right. Uh, you can build in muscle memory to the point of reflex action. And, and you can actually even build it into the point where it annoys you sometimes. Like me, now I get annoyed with myself. I can't walk into a restaurant and sit down with my back to the door. Oh, you're not I the only one. You're not the only one. I can't sit with my back to the cash register. Right. Um, I've, I've, I've seen a couple of attempted robberies um, go, go wrong. And, uh, and from that, I said, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to put my back to the cash register again. But, and, um, but these are normal, though. I mean, I see a lot of, uh, you know, at, at my range, for example, in my training, um, when I go to uh, go shooting with a bunch of those guys, I mean, those guys, <laughs> none of them want, want to do the same thing. It's like, okay, okay, we, we all sit facing this way then. You know, nobody wants to sit behind with their back. <laughs> yeah, a large table with everybody like, facing. Everybody's like, who's going to have their back to the door? Nobody you know, does. You're watching my back, I'm watching your back. Right, right. the one that has armed, <laughs> the one that has their um, side carry, the one sitting right in front of me. I'll have, okay, I'll volunteer to have my back. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean, join the club, because all of us have the same mentality. Uh, wherever we go in public, uh, we take care of ourselves, you know. We, we know these things. Uh, what if, what if, you know. What if this thing go bad? And then we've already prepared at least one step ahead than most people are. Um, and we've been trained to do this. We've been trained to simulate this, you know. No, we're not paranoid. Um, I, I think you used the word annoyed. We're, we're not, um, we shouldn't be feeling paranoid because this is the world that we live in today. It's even, it's even worse today. I mean, they are getting smarter, you know. <laughs> they, they have more sophisticated, um, more strategies that we can even, we don't even think about, some of us, you know. But 
we need to, like yourself, you own a security uh, company, so you watch these videos, how, how the masses, how the public react, you know, and then you can so, counter, go ahead, I, I'm sorry. I, I sent my daughter to a couple of other concert events as well um, with friends, with groups of friends, and some of the things that I did then, um, you know, she and my wife didn't understand why I was doing them, but I, I did. I implemented these these rules anyway, even though she was at the time she was um, 17, 18, and 19. Right? She's a young adult, um, and she's with a, a group of friends that are 18 to 21, and so I had to pick them up. I was the I was the designated driver for them, I guess. Um, I was the pickup person. So uh, one of the things I said was, okay, here, here's the pickup point. If I don't meet you here, if you're not here on time, then uh, we're going to meet a little bit further away at, at this place, right? And it's a very – I always choose a well-lit place that's got CCTV cameras, that's public – Usually it's everywhere now. Everybody road. has it now. Uh, Everybody has, you know, like all this eye sky in the sky and everything, even, you know, freeways. Yeah, public and, places. And then I show up, um, I'm 30, 30 minutes early, 30 to 15 minutes early for the pickup time. And and then I am just text them, I'm here, I'm on location, you know, uh, just to let them know I'm there. So they know then not to goof around and waste waste time, you know, gossiping or take their time coming out of the event. They know I'm there. They know I'm waiting. They're going to come directly out. But also, if something happens, I'm already there. So for me, if I was at the Manchester thing and 30 minutes before the concert's over, I'm already there. And I might have already wiggled my way in past security because at the end of the concert, security don't care. Right. If you, I'm a parent. I'm here to pick up my daughter at the end of the concert. They'll let you in. They're not making any money off of it mm-hmm. at that right. point. It's over. So, you know, and in the events that we we do security for as well, if someone says, "Hey, I'm a parent. I'm here to pick up somebody," or "I'm a friend. I'm a designated driver here to pick up somebody," we'll escort them in and help them find their their friend and take their friend out. Right. Because the events we do, their friends are drunk. Oh, so right, right. They're going to need... <laughs> oh. So that's, that's one thing you can do. You can go a little bit early and to pick someone up and tell security, hey, I'm here to pick someone up. Yes. They're seated in this section. They're wearing this. Can you walk with me to go find them? Mm-hmm. They'll go. Or they'll let you go. Either way. I think a lot of it also common sense, you know, common sense. When we're talking about safety of ourselves and safety for your loved ones, I mean, it's all common sense that apply to. Um, so the reaction of the uh, Manchester uh, terror attack uh, with the people over there, I mean, it, it obviously it's sort of, you know, hey, you know, it could happen to us at any time. Um you know, it does only take a few seconds of your life to be changed dramatically forever, I guess, for some ex- unexpected turn of events such as this one, unfortunately, sadly. So um, what, you know, what can you tell us? Well, you've already shared with us a lot, of, a lot of great safety tips and everything, but more so as far as training, as far as, um, 
you know, I mean, we're we're in the like I'm I'm in this firearms and non-firearms disaster preparedness also teaching all of this. You know what if happened, the proactive side of it, the uh, preparedness side of it. How do you say about that? I mean, with the people uh, reaction with your local uh, students, let's say, or clients, everything like that. What are their thoughts on that? Are they being like, ah, oh, it never happens to me, uh, or are they more yeah. being alert we now? We hear a lot of that. We hear a lot of that sheeple mentality um, uh, quite a lot. Uh, we do firearms training here as well. We do situational awareness training, and and we we deal with a lot of um, a, a lot of the expat community in Thailand that will be on the online forums, and they will when when they see us. Uh, talking about um, training, whether it's situational tra- training or, or firearms training or vehicle training or any of the types of training that we do, uh, hand-to-hand um, defensive techniques training, um, a lot of times they get on and they say things like, hey, this is this is Thailand, man. This isn't this is Bangkok. <laughs> right. This isn't a war zone. Right. Why do you why do you, why do you teach combat handgun? So the paranoia uh, kind of thing, like you guys are paranoid. You guys are just wa- wanting to kill zombies or something. Yeah, I, I I get those kind of comments. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, and I, and my res- my response is, look, the reason that we put combat in the into the title of the classes is because whether it's just two people fighting and you're fighting for your life and there's a firearm involved, and even if there's not a firearm involved. It's combat. It's mortal. You can die. Right, right. Or even if not your gun, and then you see a, a gun over there, what you said earlier, you know, I think you mentioned yep. this before to that's me. Do you know happens. how to use it? Do you know how to use so you can protect yourself there's, against the adversaries? There's been several situations, not just in Thailand, but there's there's been a couple here in Thailand um, where the police have been involved in shootings. And here, the, the police mostly drive around on motorbikes in large part, in the city so they can weave through traffic. And there'll be two cops on one motorbike. It looks a little gay, but they do it. <laughs> right. And and um, <laughs> there's been situations where the police get into an altercation with someone and all of a sudden there's a gun on the ground. Right. And What do you do, twice, right? What do you do? Twice that I can think of now, twice, the, twice that I can think of, it's been... Armed guy against police, cop is on the losing side, civilian picks up the gun and stops the fight. That's what and we're talking say, about. That's exactly what we're talking about. Right. That is exactly what we're talking about. No, we don't want to be the rainbow. No, we're not get, we don't want to be the hero, um, you know, but we do want to take care of the business. We do want to take care and stay safe and be safe, protect our lives. So we want, we're not the one going to be the victim. We're not going to be the one because we refuse to be the victim. We refuse to be the, uh, the, the, the terrorized uh, victim because we know how to take care of ourselves. And we know how to how to handle this gun safely, and know how to shoot it. You know how to use it, the gun safely. Right. Do you agree with me on that? I agree with you on that, hundred percent. Yes. So people who said people who said, you know, oh, you guys are just, you know, it's never going to happen. You you just trying to preach and then set par- uh, paranoia, you know, par- being paranoid uh, in this. It's never going to happen. You know what? Some of the disasters are not going to be expected. Are not going to be announced. By the time when a disaster strikes, disaster strikes, the time for preparation, it just ended, you guys. 
Preparation for you mentally, preparation for just hard facts, preparation for just items, emergency items, whether it is weather-related, you know, earthquake, tsunami, flood, fire, whatever it is, the weather-related, or we're talking about terrorism, it's ended already. Yeah. Your mentality is, is not programmed, like you said, so many times already in the show. You are not, your brain is not programmed to gear that way, to navigate this, um, you, you know, your way out, to escape, you know, your, your brain is just sit still and being in the panic mode. And in fact, you are injuring some other people on the way to I, panic. I was here, I've been here for almost eight years now, full time, uh, well, I've in and out going to Iraq and Afghanistan and things like that, but I, I was here during the, the two two situations now of political unrest um, and uh, they the things the things that I've seen happen here shouldn't shouldn't have happened and um, can be avoided if I had, and yeah and I avoided it I didn't have any problems I was fine I still was able to go to work every day and do everything every day that I wanted to do but my my Thai family uh, wanted to go and walk in these political um, protests, you know, these walks that wow. the, the okay. protesters would do for governmental reform. And I told them, I said, look, I don't want you to go, but I know if I tell you no, you're going to go anyway <laughs> without me. Right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. And I'm going to walk. It doesn't mean I support anything political one way or the other, because right. I'm a foreigner here. I can't vote. It doesn't matter. But I want my family to be safe, so I'm going to go with you. And I went simply as a as a bodyguard for right. two, two, two ladies. You right. Know, well, I mean, because that's what you do for your life. You know, all of your life spent that way, right? <laughs> Protecting others. Yep. So I went... I, I, I went on one walk. Uh, we went on two walks. The second walk we went on, uh, somebody got obnoxiously rude and started throwing water bottles at the police. And that started the police pushing back against them. And we're stuck in the middle. I'm like, time to go. This way is the way out. We're going to go over here. We're going to get on the sky train, and we're going to be out of here in five minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, right. What, what's the moral of the story is that if, if you don't have to be in that situation, don't be in that situation. Avoid it. Avoid it. Avoid it. That, that, that's always been our training. Just, you know, I mean, you recall this. I mean, um, I even took some classes from you and everything, right, when you were at Nevada Desert. And um, we've been taught that way in the forums, you know. Plan A, when there's a fight, if you can avoid, that's your plan A. Avoid it. Distance is your yep. best friend. Why yep. why include yourself in those things? You know, all these right. protesters and riots and everything. We, you know, we don't really want to be in that situation. Well, like I said, we get all these commenters that say, uh, oh, this isn't this isn't a war zone. Thailand's a nice place. People <laughs> are friendly here. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And, and to them, I, I, I reply, do you read the news? I read the news every single day. Uh, it gets sent to me in my email. It gets sent to me on Facebook because I'm here. I, I see the local news, and and I and it plays in my living room on TV in Thai because I have Thai family, so I see it. I don't even have to understand what they're saying to see how messed up things can be here. 
Did you the guy um, said or you said? It is very, even though it is a very polite society and it is a very <laughs> good country to live in. Right. Um, I, can, I can tell you there's some really crazy stuff that happens here every single day. And it's just a matter of time where you're in it at some point or another. Mm-hmm. Whether you're involved in a medical emergency situation or you're involved in a, in a political situation or in, in some sort of whatever. You just happen to be there, and there you are, stuck in the middle of some situation, and you have to have something to get yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's better to be trained for that 1% of your life That's versus right. that 99% of your life where you won't need it because that, that 1% that you should have trained for, you can't mess it up. That's um, right. I totally course. agree. Completely agree with you on that. Right. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to articulate that a little better. Uh, Travis Haley is a guy that I listen to every once in a while, and and uh, he's a very good firearms instructor in the U.S. and another former Marine like myself. Very much and so. <laughs> I love Travis Haley. We spend 99% of our lives, you know, drinking coffee, eating, reading books, doing uh, our daily our daily routine, and and 99% of our life is comfortable. It's nice. It's happy. It's good, wonderful things. So why should we train for something that might be 1% of our life, like a, a medical emergency or first aid, CPR situation, uh, firearms training uh, for a gunfight that you may or may not be in, a knife fight or hand-to-hand combat fight that you may or may not be in. And the reason is because that 1% of your life is the part you can't mess up. If you mess that up, there's no other 99%. That's right. There's no, there's no option. You cannot mess it up. You're totally right. I mean, that's your life-saving skills that you cannot mess up. So you can't mess it up. And I thought that was very clever. And Actually, I want to write that quote down and and remember it for the rest of my life because that was, that's gold. That's golden, what he he said. He said it much better than me, but, but, um... Yeah, I think I think when when we when we say it in a different way, when we look at it in a different way, um, a lot of people think that oh, it's a negative impact. It's a negative. It's not a negative impact. It's like why why is it so important? Why do we invest? Because it's so expensive, you know, to owning a gun, to to going to this um, to going to this training and everything. Uh, we call it you, as you already know this investment. Uh, invest your one percent because that is your life saving skills. Uh, there is a guy also that tells me, uh, how much would you want to pay? How much would you want to pay to stay alive? Because, you know, this guy came up to me or came up to this guy and said, you know, why is it so expensive to just attend your class? Yeah. Well, yeah, how I much is your life well. is I worth? Get, get <laughs> our, our, class, our classes here run $265 a day when you convert it to dollars from Thai bot. It's 9000 baht a day Right. Um, for the classes. And they're like, why is demo security so expensive for firearms training when I can go to a Thai guy and pay uh, 3000 baht to go shoot one box of bullets in 15 minutes? I'm done. And I'm like, because that Thai guy doesn't train you to do anything with the gun except 
he loads it. He loads it and shoot it down range. Right. <laughs> Anybody, any monkey can do that. Any monkey can do that for you. Sorry then, to say, but God, that gets me. <laughs> and then, and then when you're done, he he gives you the target that you've peppered all over the target, like a shotgun pattern all over the target where you haven't <laughs> shot well. And then he says, "Good job." Gives you a coke and sends you back to your hotel. I said, "This is not. We're not here for tourism. We're here for training." Exactly. This is something. This is this is training that you can take with you anywhere in the world that will help keep you alive. I'm into that. So I'm into will, that. In our firearms courses, we talk a lot about situational awareness, color code of mental uh, awareness. color code of mental awareness. Right. And we talk about how to be responsible with firearms. The safety, and, the safety aspects of it. A lot of people just fly by with it. Right. And and we talk about uh, what it's like to really be in a fight. When we get in, we, we do the basic firearms training class because we have to, because people don't know the basic firearms stuff, especially when they come. We, we have people I, we have people come from New Zealand, Australia, uh, the U.K., uh, Paris, um, uh, Puerto Rico, Brazil. These are the kind of students that we, we get. And in those countries, access to firearms is extremely limited or, or none at all for civilians. So they have no idea of what firearm safety is or means. Mm-hmm. So we have to teach them the basics. Once we get them past the basics, we get into the intermediate, intermediate level classes. In the intermediate level classes, you start to learn what it means to move, shoot, and communicate with other people in your environment. Mm-hmm. Then, when we start to get into the end of the intermediate class and the beginning of the advanced classes, we start to get a little physical with you. That's we right. will push you down, mm-hmm. not with a loaded gun in your hand, but we will do force on force training. You'll have a right now. We're using airsoft because the munitions here is regulated now. So we're using airsoft. We'll push you down. If you can get a shot on us before we get the gun away from you, we're going to get in a fight for your gun, and we're going to see if we can take it away from you. That that is a realistic in a gunfight. That is a realistic right. uh, uh, situation in a gunfight. They're gonna they're gonna try to take a gun away if you have a gun, and they bring a and knife we, for you, right? Exactly. Or the other way around, push, you know, you bring a knife, right? Forward, backwards, sideways, we push you down, mm-hmm. and then we get in a fight for it. We get in a in a grapple. I won't, there's no punching involved because we can't we can't injure the students. But we get into a grapple for the gun. And if if we were to do that what without doing the basic and the intermediate training first, I guarantee you, 100 percent of the time, I'd be able to get the gun away from the student and shoot them with it. Right, because you wouldn't know how to do it. <laughs> I know how to do it, and they don't. Right. I know what's coming, and they don't. In other words, you know, when we talk about firearms uh, training, we are not talking about, let's go to the range, you pay us money, and then we'll give you a box of ammo, and you start shooting, loading up, load, load up the, the gun and start shooting down range, and then there you go, that's the end of the class. We're not talking about that. Like picture trigger control, that's the basics, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the basics. Side alignment, side picture trigger control, that's the basics. That's the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're we're talking we're talking about real training training beyond that training beyond that is pushing the limits of your comfort zone to where 
you're not shooting at static stationary paper. Right. Doesn't move. Mm-hmm. You're not grading your points. We don't we don't even grade points in our classes. And people are like, well, how? What was my score? It doesn't matter. It matters whether you got vital hits or didn't get vital hits. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. Exactly, because that is real reality. Reality is that that's what you want to do. You want to deliver uh, vital hits. You want to deliver if if, if your adversary is really it has 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 been um, has been down. You know, because that is to stop the threat. I mean, I'm talking about. Uh, I don't want to say the word kill because that's not what we do. What what we do is we want to stop the threat. Yeah, we just stop the fight. So when when we when we start doing the firearms training here, um, we had a guy just recently. Uh, I, I'll say his first name is Stacy. Stacy came from New Zealand. New Zealand has extremely tight gun control laws. They're not. Owning a gun in New Zealand is extremely difficult, if not impossible, for most people. And so he thought he signed up for the class, and I told him, I'm like, look, man, you're going to sweat. You're going to be sore. You're going to be tired every single day because he signed up for five days of training. He wanted to go from basic to intermediate to the end of intermediate to just before advanced, and he's coming back for the advanced class soon. And, and, by the end of it, I asked him, I said, how was it? And he said, hard. It was hard. <laughs> and he's breathing, and he's sweating like crazy. Every day he's sweating like crazy. He goes, I thought I was just going to come here and shoot at some paper and go home, you know. No. <laughs> this was and, and I'm like, I told you. I told you, bring clothes. You don't mind getting destroyed because we're going to roll in the mud. We're going to roll in the dirt. If it's raining, we're training. Right, that's and, right. <laughs> <laughs> because we want to be as realistic as we can be, right? I remember, as I believe it was just last year, and I want to make this as a as a annual annual events kind of thing. But we were invited, uh, you know, the company, my organization, I dare, was invited to along the volunteers invited by um, an outsourced company who does training for the National Guard. Uh, out here in, in Los Angeles, and I think there were like three different locations, and we were blessed. We were grateful to be able to get involved in their training, to be part of their training, that we were out there as a role players, as, so to speak. So it was all real. I mean, no firearms, no firearms um, uh, involved in this in this training, but it's more like a res- search and rescue kind of type training, you know. So we, we witnessed quite a lot of realistic, I mean, you know, helicopters on the air, air support, um, you know, people get well, stuck. ready to do, do a large-scale training like that as well. Yeah, do, you know, and then, you know, we were stuck out in the, in the, uh, in the basement of a huge building. Um, all of those things, you know, like it was earthquake mostly. Earthquake and it was fire. And we, they had even the uh, emergency medical uh, response team. And they have the chamber where we get all cleaned up. What do you call that? Um, the disaster uh, facility, you know. Yeah. Right. We have the medical unit over there to take care of us. And then, you know, of course, we, we have the oh, okay. lodge on us and everything. Yeah, it, it was really, really, really practical training, you know. Even though that we we weren't, you know, this were the National Guards. This were the fire, fire department, firemen, you know, locally here. Um, in Los Angeles County, and then, you know, like I said, I mean, the Marines were there, Um, so it it was really interesting to watch how they 
they prepare themselves in case of emergency. And this is their training, you know. Um, we were the civilians, obviously. We were the role players, uh, supposedly. But I witnessed all of that, and I was part of the training uh, myself, and I was very impressed with all of their, you know, equipment training and, um, you know, the skills and um, the groups, the teams they brought in from Hawaii, National Guard, um, not just here, but regional, basically. Um, you know, guys and gals uh, came in in their uniforms and trained with us. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So we need more of those kind of training, you know, if we can, from the private, you know, like yourself, for example. I mean, unfortunately, you're so far away. Otherwise, I want to do training with you. Um, we want to set up something like that. I know, but you, you're out there, and then, you, you know, you already set up so many things. But, you know, um, I... my. I dare basically do the proactive, like I said a few times already in the show. Um, we do, we provide the education part of it, the preparedness part of it, the community, general public. We are a nonprofit, but on the side, I also do, um, you know, private, you know, conversations, private group training uh, in, in, in a workshop scenario, in a seminar scenario as well, and a firearms um, training, private training as well, you know. So it is a well-rounded uh, training that we have to get into uh, to realize that our world is not a safe world. I mean, our world is not a complacent that we, we need just to stay and watch the news and be the victim and be the statistics number. We don't want to be that. We want to take action. We want to learn all of these life-saving skills. And I don't want to be saying like, hey, you know, uh, there's going to be zombies. I'm not teaching for that, you know. I think there are, there are other people doing that. That's great. You know, but I'm here for realistic. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I can hear you saying that, no, this is realistic training. It is realistic training. You're right about that. Most of the firearms training we do on paper, you know, uh, but those are the basic. You know, we need to learn the basic fundamental shooting before we get into the advanced. Obviously, this is a common sense. You know, in any other sports, we do the same thing. Um, you know, throw in, throw in the bullets, you know, down range and everything until we master that, and then we we can go you know, we can go to the next level of training, which is the advanced, and then we can do one-on-one -on -one and force, and then the combat, um, you know, getting the gun into the fight on the ground, um, you know, the vehicle uh, kidnapping and all of this, home invasion, which I've done that too. So all of this are realistic, you know, and then now we have the public, the concert. What if disaster happens out there in a public area, in a baseball games, in the football arena, in a, in a concert like the one that we unfortunately just had, um, in a Boston Marathon, for example, you know, people are running, you know, they're just up there in the East Coast. All of these things, you know, coffee shops. Um, it's very unfortunate, guys. I mean, when you're listening to this, uh, it, it sounds so horrible. But it is reality. It is reality. The world that we live in is, is really becoming even worse. We're fighting. I want to insert this before I forget. I do want to insert this before I forget. I know a lot of people are listening to this. You have been listening to Nikki Dares Radio. A podcast of sustainability with your host, Ms. Nikki Dare. To learn more, please visit Ms. Dare's website, education.nikkidare.com. Workshops on safety preparedness, situational awareness are available. Also available, the Transformational Coaching Series. For corporate and private group pricing, please contact us. 
She also offers both private and group classes in firearms training, handgun, rifles, and shotgun for individuals and families and home invasion scenarios. For details on Nikki Dare's outdoor hiking, yoga, and her other outdoor activities and her passion for fitness and upcoming classes, please visit her website, NikkiDare.com. Join the community conversation to network and learn on different outdoor fun on her website, NikkiDare.com slash freeforum. Follow her on LinkedIn and her social media, Twitter, Instagram, Google+, Pinterest, and Facebook. Or simply watch her tutorial videos. You can subscribe to her YouTube channel, Nikki Dare. All about her books and inspirational quotes can be found on her website, books.nikkidare.com. Check out her newest website, travel.nikkidare.com, for all travel resources, savings, and tips. Her calendars, both of living in purpose and passion, as well as her exclusive edition of Firearm Safety, are available for order on her website, NikkiDare.com. All of her broadcasts are available for free download on iTunes podcast, Nikki Dare. For more details on opportunities for sponsorships and speaking engagement, please email us at Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.